Grant Holy Land Uncut. My name is Matt Tamanini. On this podcast, we bring you uncut audio from press conferences and interview breakout sessions with Ohio State players, coaches, and sometimes various and sundry other figures from the sporting world. On today's episode, we bring you audio from Tuesday, October 29th's men's basketball media availability when junior transfer guard C.J. Walker, sophomore guard Dwayne Washington Jr., and head coach Chris Holtman all spoke to collected reporters. The 121st team in Ohio State men's basketball history gets their season started on Wednesday, November 6th as they host the Cincinnati Bearcats at the Value City Arena. The Buckeyes enter the season ranked number 18 in the AP poll and 11th in Ken Pomeroy's advanced analytic ratings. Expectations are high for the Buckeyes after two seasons of overachieving and not only making the NCAA tournament in both years, but advancing both times as well. In addition to Walker being eligible to play after sitting out last season, Holtman brought in the best recruiting class in the Big Ten Conference this year in DJ Carton, Alonzo Gaffney, EJ Liddell, and Ibrahima Diallo. We will be talking and writing all about this year's men's basketball team in the coming days and weeks here at LandGrantHolyLand.com, so stay tuned for that. But before we get into the audio from the press conferences, if you are finding this episode on the website, make sure that you subscribe to the Land Grant Holy Land Podcast Network wherever you get your quality audio entertainment. Between the football team ramping up for a playoff run and the men's basketball team getting ready to tip off, there is no better time to get the unique perspectives and insights from the LGHL team. So, with all of that out of the way, up first is CJ Walker and Dwayne Washington Jr. NCA saying that you can play. They're going to start letting players benefit from name and likeness. Have you guys heard that? A little bit here and there. What do you guys make of uh, today's news? Um, I haven't really done too much uh, research uh, on it or looked into it too deep. I just heard about it, uh, saw it on social media, uh, maybe looked at a few articles here and there, but I don't really know much about the details. But it um, uh, should be good for us, you know. Hopefully it uh It'll it'll do what it does up here pretty soon. So, uh, how important is the ability for you guys to to make money off your image and likeness? Is this stuff that you guys talk about as players? Is this stuff that has concerned you as you've gone through your college careers? Uh, it's always been like a topic of discussion, you know. Um, especially being at a big university like the Ohio State, you know, your jersey, your pictures are everywhere throughout campus and different advertisement things like that. So it's kind of just something that you always want to know about. I mean, but you never just figure out the details or know who to talk to about it. So I would just say it was always a topic of discussion, being able to, you know, benefit some type of way from your image and likeness and things like that. So I just feel like it's a great opportunity for athletes to, you know, do all throughout D1 period. So I feel like it would be a great opportunity. I know I am for a fact. <laughs> I haven't played since I looked it up the other day. I haven't played in like 500 something days. I was like that, like <laughs> desperate to play a game that I looked it up. So I'm most definitely ready to play against somebody else in front of a crowd and be able to play with my teammates. What hope you get out of this, even though I mean, a lot of people would say, you know, it's not a big 10 school you're playing. Mm-hmm. What can you gain from a scrimmage uh, game? Exhibition, whatever you want to call it. Like- um, yeah, I mean, definitely, uh, uh, you know, it's going to be our first time playing in front of a crowd, like a, like a big crowd. It's going to be on our own court. So, um, you know, we're just going to go out and uh, um, go against this opponent like every other opponent and go out and play hard and, and work on the stuff we work on and um, just get better from it. I most definitely can agree. It's just a time to, you know, see all the hard work finally pay off and be able to play together and not 
always beat each other up and practice every day and be able to do it to somebody else. Um, just be able to learn and what we need to improve on and things like that. So we just want to go out there and play hard, you know, just, just be able to finally show it. Dwayne, you were out on the court last year, and obviously, CJ, you were right there with him in practice and everything. Coach, when he was talking to the fans after you guys left the court yesterday, talked about how he thinks there's more depth on this team and uh, made a comment that coaches talk about how you don't need depth in games because your best seven or eight guys are going to play, but where you really need depth in practice to give everybody good reps. Are you? Do you feel you're going to get both, uh, good reps in practice and maybe 10 or 11 guys could, could see action in games. I almost definitely can agree with that. I feel like it, it makes it better in practice to be able to compete against great players every day in practice. Like me and DJ go at each other every day. Dwayne and Luther compete against each other every day. Caleb will go against Ibrahim, so it just kind of makes everybody better. And it just kind of makes it that much easier when it comes game time to know that you've been going hard in practice for so long consistently to finally, you know, be able to do it against somebody else. So I feel like it's most definitely going to help in the long run. Um, it's kind of just being durable. Just You never know what can happen in the season. You never know who's going to step up. And if you have those guys behind you, have depth on the team, it can really take you a long way. Dwayne, you thought, I mean, from being out there last year, a couple times it seemed like you could have used a few more minutes out of some different people at times. I don't know. What, what's your thought? Is it, is it not going to be like that this year, you think? Um, you know, I think uh, this year uh, we're all bought in really, really early. Like, we're all on the same page, and, and we all know that, uh, you know, we want to win games. And, and we're going to put our abilities out there on the court as best we can, and we're going to put our trust in the coaches to make um, his decisions, and, and we're going to believe in him 100%. And uh, I think uh, that's really important at this stage, uh, especially with our first game tomorrow, everyone being bought in. It's it's good, you know. We're, we're, we're just been increasing and, and, and slowly rising. So uh, I think it's very good. Wayne, can you talk about the difference uh, that you've seen in practice so far at the point guard position with CJ and DJ? And, you know, last year, um, turnovers were an issue for the team. I'm not saying that's all point guard, but you have two guys now that seem more ideally suited to play the point. Uh, I think last year, uh, CJ and uh, Keyshawn, they did a great job playing the one as well. But um, this year, um, you know, the first before the first practice, coach talked about turning the ball over. Uh, we got numbers up. Um, we were the 193rd worst team in turnovers last year, um, and and you know it was just a big sticking point for us. So I think all of us as a team, uh, you know, it doesn't just come from the point guard position; it comes from all the positions. Everyone has to take care of the ball. Everyone touches the ball. So um, that was one thing that that coach um, put in our drilled into our heads. Just take care of the ball. You know, if you're not going to be able to take care of the ball, you're not going to be on the court. You're going to be sitting next to me. So uh, I think, uh, you know, we all took a, a, a better, a bigger step in, in realizing, like, the better you take care of the ball the, uh, at the end of the game, uh, we should be the higher scoring team and, and end up winning. So, What do you see, though, with the talents that maybe CJ and DJ bring to the table in terms of helping you guys get into your mm-hmm. offense? Or, you know, yeah, they definitely bring uh, a different aspect to the game. It's super exciting. Uh, DJ's explosive athleticism. Uh, he can get it and down the court like he runs like a deer runs like a gazelle and uh cj uh super polished you know like getting other people involved um being smart um making the right plays and and uh i think <clears throat> them leading our team and, and and just um always um helping each other out and, and and being there very good communicators uh so um we're all meshing very well together and, and i'm super excited cj how about your i know you're excited to play mm-hmm. how you view your role as the guy who maybe initiated the offense. So, yeah, I just kind of took last year as full advantage, you know, just be able to learn how Coach Homie wants his team run, 
Um, so I was able to, you know, just learn from C.J. Jackson and Keyshawn and kind of see how Coach Holman wants things to, you know, work out for the team and what he really wants, you know, his point guards to do. And he's really hard on his point guards. And that's something that's like, that's a blessing and a curse. Like you want a coach to coach you because, you know, you just want to get better. So I was just able to, you know, just see the game from a different perspective, like just seeing always outside because I never, like, obviously I didn't play. So I just kind of took that in consideration, just took it on the floor this year, just, you know, slowing down a lot, just making the right plays, letting the game come to me and be able to make plays. We got big time players on this team that could put the ball in the hole and just being a, you know, being a leader. Um, it was kind of hard last year not being able to play and trying to say something, but you're not contributing. So it's kind of hard to find that balance. So I was just able to, you know, take that and use it to this year. And it's kind of worked out for the better. My teammates believe in me. They got respect for me and like why. So you said you tried to figure out what he wants out of this point guard. Could you give me an instance of something you learned that might be different than maybe Coach Hamilton wanted out of you at FSU? Um, I would say Coach Hamilton, you know, he wanted he wanted a lot as well. Um, faster pace, I would say, but here with Coach Holman, I would just say, you know, just take care of the ball, you know, play at a great pace. You got to be able to know when to set up an offense if we haven't scored in a while or, you know, just be able to get the ball in the right spots at the right time and just don't turn the ball over. And just be a great leader to know that you're not going to score 20 points a game and do things like that, that you're going to have to maybe have to get 20 assists or something like that crazy. But, um, you know, you just got to do what's better for the team and not always worry about yourself sometimes. Uh, for both you guys, I guess there's been a lot of talk about you know Caleb and just how he looks and, and the changes that he's made. How have you seen that help him throughout these practices? Uh, I'm, I'm, man, I'm his, I'm his biggest advocate, man. It, like seriously, like Caleb's been working his tail off all summer, man, and. and you know he's he's made tremendous strides and uh, tremendous jumps to his game uh, everywhere. Um, his, his shooting ability, his passing ability, his playmaking abilities, like everything he's done, um, has been has been super good for him, and, and we're super excited for him for this year. How about you, CJ? What do you see? Yeah, I just think it's kind of crazy that like people see him now and they don't really see what it took to get here now. Um, so I just, I just think it's kind of crazy just to see him, you know, work day by day before practice, after practice, how hard he goes in practice, just to see how it all come together. Especially for him, just to make that big jump, it kind of you know motivates the team as well to see one person doing that to be able to make changes. Everybody can make those changes as well, whether it's eating habits, going to sleep, things like that. So seeing a big time player do that, it kind of you know sets kind of like a standard for everybody else. I mean, he's a big time leader on this team. Um, so that was just kind of big jumps to him. So salute to him. I mean, that's only going to help him in the long run and help this team win. So, you guys have played in exhibition games before against lower lower division teams. Obviously, the minutes aren't going to be the same as during the season. Guys will probably play more than what we'll see during the year. But what can you take out of this? Like, what what things will happen in the game tomorrow that you know will bear out over the course of a season? I would just say our defense first. Uh, we want to be a great defensive team. Um, be locked in on details, planning our gaps, doing things like that, communication. So I feel like tomorrow's going to be a big test. I mean, because we kind of know each other's plays. We know what Caleb's going to do in the post and when Will's going to make a certain move. So we kind of, I won't say get used to it, but it's kind of like you kind of know. So going against somebody else, you never know what's going to happen, what type of players they have. You don't know the expectations. So it's going to be a good learning experience just for us to get better. So I would say defensively is probably one of our biggest things that we you know, want to learn from. And how do you learn differently from this as opposed to the Louisville scrimmage? Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, sir, it's our first like like uh, game with a, with a big crowd. Yeah. Um, you know, it's different in, in a lot of different ways. So, uh, 
you know, whether it's the pregame routine and the music in the background with the fans in the background, you got to be locked in. There's a lot of stuff going on. So uh, I guess it'll be just a, a test to see if, if we're all locked in like uh, we believe we are. And I believe we are. And it'll be a, um, it'll be a fun one tomorrow. And we're super excited for it. This program hasn't had a lot of preseason expectations in recent years. This year, you guys are you know ranked in both polls, highly re- regarded freshman class coming in. I'm just curious how you guys have seen the team handle those expectations whether you know, do you embrace them do you not talk about them at all how's kind of that been helped during preseason uh, you just got to have an equal balance you know you kind of I mean you're excited to obviously be one of the top 25 teams in the country I mean that's that's kind of hard to do you know what I'm saying especially having a young team that we have but coach Holman kind of sets the standard just day by day trying not to worry about the future just worry about today and today only and how can you get better so I just feel like you just got to find that equal balance to know that I mean being a top 25 team everybody's trying to beat you everybody you got a target on your back so that's kind of you know you got to be motivated at all times and stay hungry and like I said just take it day by day and just try to get better each and every day in practice I mean practice is going to win games so I mean at the end of the day you got to practice hard to win big time games Dwayne you mentioned that you were 193rd in turnovers I just wonder how you specifically know that number is it because Chris Holman says it all the time yeah it's uh we got um four numbers that we uh a twelve, fifteen, and one ninety-three, and they all got a different meaning. And one ninety-three uh, is is our uh, turnover percentage. That's what we ranked in the country. So um, that's just it. like I said, he drilled it into our brain, and we're super like um, um, trying to just take care of the ball now, and and realizing like what it what it really does. If you take care of the ball, you you win games. So take care of the ball, play defense, you win games. What do those other numbers mean? Uh, eight. We were eighth in the conference. Uh, we had twelve conference losses, fifteen total losses. And uh, 193rd in the country. So, like, how does he drill that into your head? Is that something that you guys have written up on the board somewhere? Is that something that's said all the time? Uh, yeah, I mean, we we walk past it every day. Uh, going into the locker room, leaving the locker room, uh, weight, weight room. Weight room. It's 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 on the TV screen while we're lifting. Just you know, just our expectations for for this team and really for the, for Ohio State in general is is really high. So, um, you know, that for him and us as well, we just look at it and like that wasn't good enough. You know, we got to uh, figure out a way to, 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 to do better this year. And, and uh, we've been working really hard and we're all super excited for this year. And then one last unrelated question. I know that we've talked a lot about Caleb's physical change, but was there anyone else on the team that really made a notable change to their body in the offseason? I would say EJ. When EJ first got here to now, he made a big transformation as well, just getting in shape, you know, changes his eating habits. You know, high school is nowhere near as intense. I mean, high school basketball is good, but, you know, college is just, it's just a whole nother level of focus, traveling, classes, you know, conditioning, lifting, and just so many other things that you have to do. So just seeing EJ make that transformation was really big. But I feel like us as a team, because we've been keeping each other accountable for those type of reasons, because we know we all need each other in some type of way. Everybody's important. So, but just specifically, for your question, I would say EJ, he made a big transformation as well. Hey, Dwayne, Dwayne, how uh, how big do you think the three ball is as a, a part of your game? Um, I've been shooting uh, – I mean, I guess that's been a big part of my game since uh, I started playing basketball. Uh, I was a big – 
um, thing that my dad taught me at a young age, just being able to shoot the ball. He would always try to explain to me like how important it is and how undervalued it was getting. Um, so uh, for me, um, I mean, I think it's a big part of my game, uh, being able to make shots, but um, also playmaking and, and distributing the ball, uh, getting to the rim and just being a good playmaker is something that I've been working on and definitely getting better at uh, as this year's coming up. So, As far as shooting goes, do you have you been shooting it better than last season in practice so far? How's the rest of the team been as far as mm-hmm. the shooting from the uh, outside aspect? Going? Yeah, so uh, the three-point line moved back a little bit. Um, so, uh, I mean, I guess that changes a little, a little bit, but, uh, you know, repetitions before and after practice, uh, we've been drilling in guys' heads, just get shots of, get shots of repetition. Um, so, um, the more, the more shots that we get up, the more comfortable you feel, the more confident you are. And I think that's what, um, for me, uh, just the more shots I get up and, and, uh, I definitely feel like I've been shooting it a little better. Uh, my confidence uh, is, is, is always high. So, um, you know, every shot I take, I'm believing it's going in and it's going to stay that way. CJ, is it the same for you? I mean, running the point, are you giving yourself a green light? Is coach giving you a green light? Let it fly if you're open there? Oh, yeah, most definitely. You just got to read the game. You got to, you know, take what the defense gives you. You just got to make the right play, take the right shots. And I feel like that's one of the big things Coach Holman also, you know, kind of tells us just to take what the defense gives you. Don't make it harder than what it needs to be. So, like, if, if I have a wide open shot, you know, I'm knock the shot down. I mean, that's why I'm pretty much here to do. That's how our offense is set up. Our coach believes in us to make those right plays, I feel like. Last thing for you, a lot was made over like your attitude when you were on the sidelines last mm-hmm. year. And you mentioned that it's been 500-some days since you played. That's, <laughs> yeah. It's got to be horrible. But how were you able to become this kind of leader when you were not playing in games? Uh, I wouldn't say I didn't like have a choice. But, I mean, I didn't play, so I have to figure out another way to stay you know, stay focused, stay worried about the team and not worry about myself because I easily could have distanced myself and not care about what they were doing. I could have just, you know, did my own workouts or didn't pay attention in practice. So I was just able to, you know, like I said, I just want to take it as advantage to try to change myself. I knew I wasn't going to be able to play, so I had to find another way, you know, still kind of like just stay, yeah, Mm -hmm. stay like within the team and figure out a way to contribute. And practice was my way to contribute. Um, yeah, and I just felt like my leadership, I felt like I've always had that type of skill. Um, yeah, I mean, my dad kind of taught me that when I was younger, having a little brother, and it just kind of carried over. And my coaches that believed in me to be a leader for the team, a captain for the team. My teammates believed in me. So it just kind of made me feel good, and I just, it just kept going from there. Last one from Steve. Yeah, I think for a lot of people coming to this <clears throat> exhibition tomorrow and people who tune in online to watch it, some of the excitement is about the freshmen. Just, mm-hmm. You've been working with them now real close quarters for a month, even back into the summer. Just, I don't know, individually, collectively, what do you see out of those guys, and what are people going to notice out of what you know those four guys can bring? Uh, like I said earlier, I think we're all bought into uh, to what we want to do as a team and, and, our, and our main goal that uh, coaches have uh, been telling us um, on the defensive end. Uh, the effort, the intensity, the, the, the details, um, I think, are going to be something very visible as, as, as we play tomorrow. And um, the guys understand, like, if you don't play defense and you're not where you're supposed to be, that you, that you won't be on the court. So um, for all of us, really, it's, it's going to be um, – a good test for us tomorrow to to lock in and hone on in the guys when we go over scout team personnel and stuff like that, and just um and just doing what we're told and, and being where we're supposed to be. I would say they're going to be very impactful from the jump. I feel like they're all going to be able to make plays in a certain way, whether defensively or offensively. Um, they're really good learners, really good teammates, and really good people outside of basketball. So I just feel like that's just going to carry over to the court. And you're going to see them be very impactful on the court and just help us win games. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Appreciate y'all. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you.
Next, we turn the mic over to head coach Chris Holtman. Dan. Excuse me. You heard someone's trying to poison you? No, I'm just. This, we got new props here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Is that right? Okay. What's Ryan do? Okay. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Just want to make sure it's water. Yeah, that's right. That's it's, with this group in here. If it had something good, it would definitely be gone. Um, all right. Hey, uh, I'll open it up for questions. Obviously, we're we're excited about uh, um, you know our our second slash scrimmage slash exhibition here um, playing somebody else before we get started for real uh, here against uh, obviously a, a really good Cincinnati team. So uh, glad Cedarville, uh, you know, I think they padded talked to me for a couple years about playing and um you know, we always want to play Ohio schools in, in in this exhibition. It's something we really want to do. We had kind of a unique situation last year with a former coach. But um, we're excited about playing a, a, another Ohio school. I think we'll, we'll typically play one, and, and it'll be a different one every year. Pat does a great job. He's got a veteran uh, group, a Division II team that I think's picked fourth or fifth, third, third or fourth in their league, uh, which is a really good Division II league. So they have some veteran guys coming back off of a, a team that won over 20 games last year. So, um, uh, and uh, it's it's a team that is I know going to come in here. Uh, I, he he told me that they sold I think fifteen hundred tickets in in less than an hour, and maybe we gave them another thousand or so. So it's been a great uh, thing for their school. They'll come in here and play with tremendous energy and and uh, and passion. And Pat does a great job. So we're looking forward to uh, to tomorrow night. Everyone, uh, as I said yesterday, is relatively healthy uh, outside of Musa. Uh, that is before practice gets started here today. All right. If you know that they're going to come in and, and play hard and all those things, you said yesterday, like in the Louisville scrimmage, that when Louisville really turned it up, that's when you learned some things about yourself. Is does that? Are you interested to see then how you guys are going to respond to some of that? And will that tell you a few things about what this team might look like this year? You know, I, probably ask me afterwards and I'll, I'll know more. Um, we're preparing, you know, we're trying to prepare our, our team for a little more, a little more than what we did in, in the Louisville game, although that's a little bit tricky. But we're just trying to go through a little bit more of what a, a pregame day experience will look like. Um, in terms of scouting, but it's not going to be exactly like it would have been against Cincinnati. But, but I think the thing I'm most curious about is is how will so many of our young guys play with people in the stands, people watching, just a different environment than what they've had day to day practice. So, I think I'm probably most anxious about that. Are there things in these scrimmages or these exhibitions that do? play out over the course of a season like I look back last year and you guys turned it over 21 times and that was the first thing you talked about are there and then obviously you struggle with that are, are there things that you, you found that are common in exhibitions that you can identify will be issues throughout the year 
I don't know that it's it's. Um, I, I think you you get some insight, but I don't know that it's a trend uh, necessarily until we we see it for for a number of games. Uh, it's an interesting stat you shoot threw out there about the 21 turnovers because that obviously was a buggable force last year. Uh, so we'll see. Um, but, you know, our rotation, we're going to play a lot of guys. So I think we're, we're going to have a lot of mistakes given uh, our youth, and, and we're going to have to teach through that and play through that. And, and part of that uh, will be turnovers. But I'm interested to see how committed our guys are to playing the way we want to play. That's probably the biggest thing we're looking at. How committed are they, whoever enters the game, uh, to playing the way we want to play on both ends? Hey, Chris. Hey. Uh, players in a moment ago mentioned four numbers, and I think I remember them. Eight, 12, 15, and 193. Mm-hmm. And you have made a point of drilling those numbers to your players. Can you go over of why you decided to go that route? Obviously, there's there's some thoughts and motivation behind it. Take us through why you wanted to do that and what you think will get out of it. Yeah. Uh, I should have told him that that stays within our locker room. <laughs> so who, who volunteered that up? Dwayne? Okay. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll find out who that was. Um, They're readily known benchmarks that you guys set with such, you know. Yeah. 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 That, that, uh, it's just a reminder for us as much as anything. It's a reminder for all of us that go in and out of our locker room. Did he explain what the numbers were? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it's just a reminder, uh, uh, to us, uh, about, uh, you know, how we're trying to improve in specific areas. And, and obviously a couple of those numbers we don't touch until we're into December and we have, you know, conference play, but, um, uh, you know, there were certainly a lot of good things that came out of last year, but there were some things that all of us have to do a lot better, and we recognize that. And uh, uh, that's the challenge in front of us, and that involves our our turnover percentage and our league record, and and obviously our our overall losses. So um, that's a it's just a, it's just a reminder uh, on on some things that were trying to intentionally be about getting better on a day-to-day basis. So as much as anything. Chris, you uh, mentioned yesterday that when you were talking with the fans that you'd like to see or like to be able to put Caleb in different spots on the floor. Uh, Maybe you don't want to say where in particular, but can you just expound on that a little bit? Where would you like him to maybe expand his offensive game a little bit and what what areas would you like him? You know, I I think like he did last year, the, the the perimeter for for one obviously um and not just being a a a shooting threat but that's part of 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 it for sure i think moving him around uh is going to be critical for for us um and that's going to be critical throughout the season you know we talked about it a lot the fact that that uh uh uh, and i just talked about it with with these guys that it's really hard to to uh, to you know, against really good defensive teams, just to shove the ball down the post, um, and it, it it puts a lot of stress on your on your uh, offense. So we need to be able to do some things and move him around and utilize his passing, his shooting. Uh, he's a very willing passer, as we all know. Um, but uh, he, I think he's he's continues to improve his accuracy from behind the three. I think those numbers uh, will increase both in attempts and. And uh, and makes this year. 
we've seen that he can obviously score in the post, and he was a pretty good three-point shooter last year. Has he developed at all mid-range jumper, and, and do you foresee him at all being someone who could catch it you know, mid-post or short corner and then get to the basket from there? I think so. I don't know that uh, you know that's been a huge uh, focal point for him is, is he's a pretty good mid range shooter, but I, I think, I think for him, we've worked on him attacking some closeouts, uh, when, when guys press out on him and try to take away his three. We've worked on him, um, uh, being able to catch and shoot off a little more movement, uh, this year, uh, which is always a challenge for a guy that's as, as big as he is. Uh, th- those are primarily the areas, him making better decisions with the ball, um, as a playmaker sometimes, uh, is, is critical. Um, so that's, that's the ways we're, we're looking to utilize him more face in the basket, but he's always going to be obviously a low post threat and we're going to try to get him angled scores. Your first couple of years here, there haven't been a ton of preseason expectations in the sense, you know, you haven't been a preseason top 25 team. Now you're in both polls, that freshman class coming in that we've talked about a lot. I'm just curious how you handle those kind of expectations with this team. Do you, do you talk about the rankings? Do you, you know, bring this up at all or, or do you put that off and then wait till later to kind of address those things? Yeah, we, we, I've, I've never in my career talked about preseason rankings. Not, not once. Um, really, really good or bad. Um, but certainly if you're, if you're ranked just because they're, they're based on things that your group, um, at, in its entirety has not, has not actually accomplished, right? Our, our group, as this is comprised, it's it's all presumption more than anything. So, um, so we we've not uh, addressed it. We've not talked about it at all. Nor do I think we will. We've been obviously nationally ranked both years. We've been here. So uh, when when we've been, we haven't really talked about it then either. I think uh, all our focus has been on is getting better and and then improving as as the year goes on and trying to find a way to get to, to get better as the year goes on. So, um, you know, it's not really anything that's, that's been addressed and I don't think I'll change in, in how we go about it. They probably are aware of it to some degree or maybe more than to some degree. Um, but I think even players nowadays understand, even players themselves understand that it, that it's relatively meaningless because the reality is, is when you look at last year's AP and coaches poll, five teams, were ranked in the preseason top 25. Five that either had losing seasons, didn't make the none of them made the NCAA tournament. Uh, two of them had losing seasons. Three of them, uh, uh, I think, made the NIT and were bounced after a round or two. So it's a lot of speculation. Once you get beyond really the top five, maybe top ten, it's pretty much speculation for all those teams. The three-point line has been a conversation, but now you've gotten a chance to see it in the scrimmage, you've seen some practices, and how has that, I guess, affected your team and whether or not you know, their ability to shoot this year? It'll be interesting to see. I don't know how what kind of effect the, the increase will have. I, I think you'll see percentages take a slight dip. Um, uh, I do think that, but I don't know like to, to what degree. Like I, I just... I don't know. What I said yesterday when I was asked a similar question was, okay, probably those guys that shoot 
you know, that, that have maybe been 20%, 25% three-point shooters might be more reluctant uh, uh, to take them, and their coaches might be a little more uh, suspect in, in utilizing them. Um, but the guys that are three-point shooters, you're, you're trying to increase uh, their efficiency and their percentages. Perhaps guys that use their legs a little more. Uh, for our case, Luther Muhammad will be something we'll kind of watch throughout the season. But um, – but I, I, I think you'll see lower percentages across the board, but I don't know how dramatically. Does it look like, like your players are kind of conscious of that and like the times that you've seen it? Yeah, certainly. And, and I think players have always shot it a couple feet behind the line. So now if you shoot a couple feet behind the line, you're shooting an NBA three-pointer. So we've probably done more in practice talking about getting up to the line now because of the increase. As before, it was relatively within the range. Now, if you take a couple, you know, if you get a couple feet behind, you're, you're, you're approaching the NBA line, which is a harder shot for, for a lot of people. And then lastly, like last year, you had like four consistent starters, but you never really found that consistent last five guy, whether it was because of injuries or whatever. I guess in the practices and in the one scrimmage you've had, have you kind of keyed in on like who that five may be for this season? No, no. Um, I think it'll be pretty fluid throughout the year outside of, you know, a couple guys, but I could see it being relatively fluid throughout the season just because we're still, you know, learning so much about our team. Um, you know, I think it could be, you'll see some fluidity with that. Chris, um, the NCAA Board of Governors is permitting players now to benefit yeah. from their name, image, and likeness. What are your thoughts on that move? I like it. Yeah, I like it. I think that uh, th there's been a lot of, you know, the NCAA is a pretty easy target, right, for everybody. And and I think we all get that, um, that just that they've, you know, they've become this target for everybody and people forget that, like, we're all a part of it. Um, but uh, I think that what they have done and what the people uh, in charge have done in the last couple of years in terms of um, cost of attendance and eliminating some of the silly things in terms of the limitations on food you can provide for your players have all been really good. Uh, I think we all recognize this is just a matter of time for this uh, to get done. And some could say it's it's uh, long overdue. Uh I, I've, like most of my colleagues, I'm in favor. Of, uh, I think it's a good idea how it works and how you uh, make it work in terms of teaching your guys about filing taxes and all those kind of things that are going to go along with it. There, there's a lot that goes into it, but um, I'm glad this is a good step. You talk about the people in charge. Um, it's Dr. Drake, that's the chair of the, the board that made the move today, has he ever touched base with you on this? Or is he someone you touch base with at all on issues like this? No, I, I, I've not talked to Dr. Drake specifically about this, but I have talked to Gene a number of times about this. And Gene's playing a significant role in, in this, as, as we all know. So Gene and I have had multiple conversations. And he's really, he's really kind of, as a matter of fact, we just talked yesterday, he's kept me in the loop about some of the, some of the changes that are, that are coming. And he's helped me understand the complexity of it, um, uh, which, again, we're, you know, probably people aren't always willing to listen to, but he's, he's helped me understand the complexity of it for sure. The 812-15-193 thing came up because of the 193, and I know that you have two new point guards who are going to play a big role. Um, yeah. 
where you are right now, it's a week from the season, where are you in your mind? Where's this team um, in terms of turnovers? We're, uh, we're not where we need to be. Yeah, we're not where we need to be across the board. Uh, we had 19 against uh, uh, Louisville, uh, 12 assists, 19 turnovers. You know, we're just we're not where we need to be. So I wish I had a better answer. Um, you know, I, I've said that, that, that I think in some ways last year's group, probably because it was a little bit older, was a little bit further along. So we're just not where we need to be yet when it comes to that. Do you, do you have a reason of why you think you're not where you need to be right now? Is it, is it youth? Is it experience? Yeah, we, you know, we, we have played a lot of, a lot of young guys. Um, um, we're playing a little bit of a different lineup with, I think our, when I say young guys, I think our sophomore, uh, guards are, are growing into some really important roles. And I think that's going to determine a lot, uh, about, about our season. Obviously we also have a, uh, you know, three of our four guards are, are freshmen or sophomores. So I won't put it all on them because it's not been all on them. It's been across the board. Uh, we've had some good moments in practice, but we're just we're not where we need to be. And then E.J. Liddell, um, I think C.J. Walker mentioned that he's someone who we've all talked about Caleb's body change in the offseason. But since E.J.'s got to campus, um, whether it be diet, um, work, he's, he's gotten in better shape. Have you seen that? And and how is how does that change how he is on the court? Yeah, I think for him, I think it's it's improved. It's not where it needs to be right now, uh, or not where it needs to be moving forward. But that's to be expected of a freshman. But it's improved. But I think to say that he somehow, you know, met his where he wants to be, where we want him to be, that that that's not accurate. He's got to continue to uh, grow in that area of conditioning and and uh, uh, fitness level you know, which is tied into his body. But uh, he's done a great job here in the last couple of weeks, just taking steps towards that. Coach, is there anything you do dawn of a new season, ritually superstitions, things you do like when you're ready to finally go for a new one? Um, other than, you know, hit CVS for my supply of Tylenol PM. Um, that's that's uh, you know go to get a box full of that. Not not really. You know, we we uh, my it's funny you say that because uh, my wife and I have actually talked about you know we should have a you know breakfast uh, the morning of our of our first exhibition to to start the season and then you know i'm usually uh rushing in to try to get get film work done but but no we we haven't uh we actually have it, we did talk this morning about uh my daughter potentially starting uh you know she's nine and um and uh i think she for the she may start a tradition of day of the first game wearing uh wearing a jersey to school so if we can talk her into that that'll be our first tradition go ahead what what has you most excited about a new season you know i i just think the uh little bit the unknown with the number of new guys that we have and and how you implement them probably not unlike our our fans even though i've had the benefit of of seeing them for 23 practices i just think the excitement of seeing those guys in real competitive uh, situations is is what gets us uh, gets gets me most excited. And and to see some of our uh, I, I, that's probably number one. Number two would be 
how do our older guys lead um, in this this really challenging early stretch of the season that we have? So uh, I, I just you just don't know as a coach. So you're anxious and anticipating that. I want to ask. Uh... In your coaching career, either either a head coach, assistant, have you had a situation where you've coached brothers, uh, you know, who grew up together and everything? And is this the first time that that's happened? And is there any kind of a challenge involved in that or a communication thing that, um, it, or are they just two two guys on the team that just happen to be on the same team? How, how does that all work? Not, um, one time in my career, um, and I believe it was my first full-time assistant, and I just thought of this as you asked this because I had forgotten this, actually, um, uh, my first full-time assistant uh Spot at uh, at Geneva College. We we had a couple, I believe it was the Jacobus brothers, if I can remember uh, correctly. And uh, that was the only other time I coached brothers. And it's it is it's unique. You know, it's unique. They have a, you know, they have a rapport uh, together. Um, and um, you know, I, I heard uh, Caleb yesterday coaching up Andre after Andre committed a turnover. And I was like, yeah, there you go, little bro. Good job. I was really proud of him for that. Um, and, you know, last year I heard, you know, Andre kind of coaching up Caleb at different times throughout the season when he got frustrated with various things. So they have a real connection. Uh, they're, they're really good kids. Um, and they just have a, they just have a bond. It is different. Now you don't coach them, coach them necessarily any different, but it is different than just, there's just a bond there that brothers have. We all have siblings in here that that's unique and, and fun to see. Yeah. The ball figures to be in their hands quite a bit. I mean, it's two of the senior most experienced guys and, for what this, with their family ties and everything, what this means for them, their dad having played here, them living here their whole life, hearing about it, just do you sense that that this really does mean something extra special for them to be part of this whole tradition? Absolutely, yeah, I do. I think it means something for them to to play at Ohio State. Um, absolutely, I, I think to play where their dad played. I think to have the opportunity now to play together uh, for three years uh, means something to them. There's no question that that means something. And I don't even know if they'll have the full appreciation for it until they're 10, 15, 20 years removed from it. Uh, just like none of us do at that age. We don't fully appreciate the experiences that we have. But I would have loved to play with my brother. Um, he wasn't good enough to play on my team, but I would have loved to have played with him. Um, and, you know, I didn't get that experience. So they'll they'll be really happy uh, once they finish this thing up. Chris, oh. would you be surprised to hear that CJ knew or had counted like the 500-some days that it has gone between the time that he's played in games? C.J. Walker? Yes. No. He, he's we go to his locker, do you think we'll find like Shawshank Redemption style? <laughs> yeah, maybe. He's pretty eager. He's pretty eager to get out there. And uh, um, I, I said earlier that, that uh, guys are going to – our fans are going to love once they get to know him. Um, uh, he's, he's, a, he's a tremendous kid and has provided just maturity and leadership that we've desperately needed uh, with this group. Um, but there's no question he's, he's going to be really eager to get out there. You can even tell that uh, last week against Louisville. He was excited. 
So do you remind your brother of that, that he wasn't good enough to play on your team? Oh, he knows. He knows. <laughs> yeah, he's well aware of that. He was, he's good in other things. I can't really name what those are because I'm not sure, but he was good in other areas. Um, you, you mentioned, obviously, you're through 23 practices, and you're going to you know, figure out rotations and things like that. When, you, when it comes to maybe a redshirt decision on a guy or two, how much does one exhibition weigh against 23 practices? Um, say that again. As you're trying to maybe decide on, on a redshirt for a guy, oh. how much do you weigh what we'll see tomorrow night in one game compared to 23 practices that we have? 23 practices, way more. Way more. And I don't anticipate right now redshirting anybody um, uh, unless something unique happens. Uh, but uh, that, that could change, but I don't anticipate that. But way, way more than 23 pra- what we've seen in 23 practices. Going back to C.J. Walker for a second, just what should people expect from him in terms of running the point and, and kind of how he may be different than, than what you guys have had in the past or, or similar? He, he's he's uh, a plus defender like C.J. Jackson was. Sometimes people forget about that. Well, C.J. was a plus defender, could really pretty highly detailed, really competed on the defensive end. Um, I, I think he's got to get to where he, he manages the game better than what he did at Florida State. His, his assist-to-turnover ratio wasn't as good as he wanted it to be. I think that that's critical for him. Um, uh, he's uh, capable of getting in the paint in, in a lot of ways. Um, he's capable of making shots, although he's got to continue to improve in that area. Um, he's just done a good job playing with a lot of pace and, and leading our group in, in daily practices. And, and kind of DJ provides a different element with his, even with his uh, kind of burst. Uh, so it's, it's, it's good to see that change of pace a little bit with both of them. And I think he's helped having been in his third year of college, he's helped some of those young guards and I don't put it, it's not just DJ, but I think he's helped Dwayne and Luther in some of those areas as well. John Michael, John Michael, uh, he's 12 years younger. Uh, but if we were separated by just a year or two, like the Wessons, um, he still would not have been good. 